Welcome to Draw One Last Breath Horror Podcast. My name is Matt. And I'm Paul. On this episode, we have been to the cinema to watch Last Night in Soho. Our something to scream about is going to be a little thing that I brought up. I was going to, we're going to chat about horror comedy and our movie from the vault. Paul pulled out the bag, Rob Zombie's House of a Thousand Corpses. Roger Zombie's. Yeah, you're right. Roger Zombie's House of a Thousand Corpses. Roger Zombie's. Yeah, Roger Zombie. <laughs> oh, Rob Zombie. Oh, Rob Zombie. I thought you were going to say Roger Zombie then, but yeah, uh, no, I've been good, mate. Um, been to the theatre, and I from <laughs> <laughs> Um But no, I'm um, I've been good. I've been I had a good. Do you have a good Halloween? I saw lots right. of pictures you put. Up. I had a great Halloween. The whole family. We did uh, the Adams family. I dressed up as Gomez. Lovely. You make a good Gomez. Yeah, it was good. Nice. And then uh, we went, took the kids for a little bit of trick-or-treating, obviously only hit houses that had decorations. Um, and that was, yeah, it was really good. It was really good fun. Yeah, it's nice. I watched, saw... I watched your Nightmare pa- Before... No, Nightmare Before Christmas. I watched Nightmare on Arm Street on Halloween because it was on TV, but that was it. Carol, what were you going to say? Sorry, I butted in. Oh, sorry. I just said I was going to compliment you on your pumpkin making this year. They look very, very good. Ah, yeah, cheers. I, I like I the went- one that was... Be- I like the one that was being sick. That was Monroe's. That was my my little girl's one there, Monroe. She she's uh, saw it online and wanted to do one like that. And I was like, if you want, that's fine. I just went for the classic Halloween movie pumpkin, you know, the one with the slashed face thing. Loved it. That. Loved it. Yeah, it was good. What about you? I mean, I've been up to. I've been doing a few bits. Uh, I watched um, Halloween four. Return of Michael Myers and Halloween 5, The Revenge of Michael Myers on Netflix for my Halloween uh, movies. Um, enjoyed them both. Um, got a little bit more insight into Michael Myers. I've never seen both of these. haven't delved that far into the whole Halloween franchise. Maybe saved it for the pod. Well, I'm talking about it now. <laughs> <laughs> um, depends if we go that big. We've done three. We've done three Halloweens, so... But um, no, they, that was really good. I watched the Adams Family as well, and the Adams Family Values. Oh, what the live action ones? Yeah, they're good. Yeah, they're fun, the old classics from the nineties and stuff like that. They were good. They're still good. They still hold up, I think, personally. So I enjoyed that. Um, what else have watched? I will tell you what, I watched Army of Thieves. Oh yeah, no spoilers because I haven't watched it yet. So yeah, I'm just you know what? I watched Army of the Dead straight away afterwards. Oh, did you? Again. Um, and I'll tell you what, watching old Dieter's uh, progression and the whole safe thing, wow. It really, really... The two movies go go really well together, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I really liked it. I really liked Army of Thieves. I'm going to look forward um, to watching that one. Yeah, it's a, re- it's a really interesting dive into his character. I can see why they did it. I can definitely see why they did it. And you get more from the, from what the actual safe is and stuff that they're cracking into. It's quite interesting. Okay. Yes, yeah, so that, that was cool. And see, watching Army of the Dead again, I really did like it again the second time around. Yeah. Some of the bits are really gory. I really liked it. Cool. So, yeah, that was pretty decent. Um, apart from that, um, what else have I dived into? I don't know if I talked about Night Teeth. I might have done. I talked about Night Teeth. You yeah. did on the last episode. 
fine. I'll leave that one. I've been on holiday. I watched Sinister when I was on holiday as well. Oh, nice. Nice holiday film. <laughs> <laughs> Late night, storms are brewing. It was quite interesting um, watching Ethan Hawke again. Still, very good start to a movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I did watch... I did... Uh, I watched pretty much nearly all of Squid Game. Okay, so are you... Can you see the hype? No, I really like it, but it, it is a lot of the things that happen in it I've seen in a lot of other kind of movies. So I can see where it, it kind of takes things from. But it is really, really good. It is good fun. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I, well, I'm enjoying it. I've got a couple of episodes left. So Now, the, the, the biggest question is, would you let your children watch Squid Game? Hell no. Right. So you know a lot of... A lot of people. Yeah, I know. My little girl come home. And their children watch Squid Game. Yeah, because my little girl come home and she's only eight. And she says, uh, all the kids at school will talk about red light, green light. And apparently it's a game that children play. And I I said, yeah, where have you heard this? And she's like, oh, yeah, um, some of the kids watch Squid Game. And I went, what what year? And it was like the the last year, but they were 11. I mean, I wouldn't let my kid watch, watch it. Not yet. I think it's a little bit too graphic for that. Definitely. But there you go. It's just because it's got the, the children's games. I mean, that scene in the the room alone. I think there's adults, parents out there have got some, uh, you know, explaining to do. Even I, even I. <laughs> yeah, even you. With your you know, weird it's, views. <laughs> it's too far. I mean, it's too. There's sex in it as well, remember? Yeah, and it's too yeah. easy to imitate. It's too That's, easy to imitate. Yeah. 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 But I, I enjoyed it. It's good. We'll see. We'll see if anyone dies from Squid Game in the next couple of days. And God, then we go from there. Right, then. Uh, have you got any uh, any news for us? I have got a little bit of news. Not loads, but a little bit. So, I've seen a... Uh, a new series apparently that's going to be coming to Disney Plus. Okay. Oh. So apparently, I, I read this on bloodydisgusting.com, but um, announced over the summer, a Halloween special from Marvels from Mar- Marvels from Marvel is headed to Disney Plus next year, with the project said to be coming centered on a werewolf character. Naturally, this is leading to the speculation that the project centres on on the Werewolf by Night character, through that has not been confirmed yet. Mm. I mean, so, I don't know this character, so that could be quite interesting. Nor do I. But a Werewolf like TV show Halloween? If it is a TV show, it might be just might just be a film. I'm not sure, but it's quite interesting. I'm all for that. We'll let we'll let Werewolf down though, so he can be fully on board. Yeah, he'll love that. Oh. I mean, we've got. Morbius the Living Vampire. Mm, yes. New, tra- new trailer dropped and poster. It's looking all right, mate. I've got to say, looking interested. I'm interested. Yes, definitely. <laughs> I'm definitely, definitely going to watch it when it's out of January. one for the pod, I reckon. I think you're right, mate. It could be our second Marvel. Possibly. After you, got, you got any news? Um, I mean, I've I've seen some few things around, some few like promotional, like the 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 promotion train is really getting on board for a screen mm. at the moment. There's a lovely, um, big 
bit of artwork. I don't know where it went up in London or was it New York? I can't, I can't remember where it was. It was in America somewhere. Yeah, it was yeah. the side of a building, wasn't it, where they graffitied the... Um, yeah, that was crazy. It was it was incredible. A really cool bit of artwork. I absolutely love that, sort of time-lapse of that. That was really interesting. So i got some stuff for you. Christmas is coming up, mate. Yeah. I want my Christmas present, so... <laughs> I've already got yours. I've had yours for a couple of months now, but it's fine. Um, <laughs> Numskull Designs, the company behind those awesome high-end horror-themed rubber duckies, <laughs> is back with a brand new product. A clever line they're calling Power Idols. Ooh. Right? So Ooh, they're, they're not just VHS-inspired toys. They're also fully functioning charging docks for your <laughs> smartphone. Oh, nice. <laughs> And each one is based on a classic character from a beloved 1980s property. Mm-hmm. So far, they've currently got on pre-order Marty from Back to the Future, which I know you'll love, Quinn from Jaws, and one of the original Ghostbusters crew. Bateman. They look pretty cool. Yeah. It's just like stands where you stand with one, and it's got sort of the, um, like almost like the Jaws stand with you can definitely tell it's quint holding a gun and you just yeah. sit, it on, sit it on there and charge your charge your phone so it's really? like a wireless stock kind of thing um oh god I, plug it in. probably have to cl- plug it in i imagine oh, they look really they do look really cool i'll have to look them up yeah that's a good little stocking filler mate <laughs> nice yeah, that's all I got from the news, mate. Not much, considering Halloween has just happened. Yeah. Going on. I don't know what movies, I thought it was supposed to be busy this time of year, but we might have a lull in the next couple of weeks. I did see um, there's a new clip um, of a movie called Student Body that's coming out. Okay. That's got um, Harley Quinn Smith, obviously Kevin, Kevin Smith's uh, daughter's in it. But apparently uh, it's like called Student Body and it follows a group of students at a pre- prestigious high school where a teacher oversteps his bounds and the teens are forced to take matters into their own hands with deadly consequences. So, yeah, that, that could be interesting, but there's not much more about that. So oh, I know, like, we've got Ghostbusters around the corner. Mm-hmm. That's like not going to be next podcast, podcast after, probably. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we might have a little bit of a log as they approach Oscar season and we get Spencer at the cinema, which I don't believe you're taking me to see. Which is very disappointed. <laughs> Never. Um, however, there is a, a, a Shudder exclusive coming and I know you're going to like this one. It's a shark movie. Really? Yeah. In, in the next couple Great, weeks. Great White. <gasps> I really want to watch that one. Mm. So that looks pretty cool. When's it that out? Comes on to uh, well, hopefully it will come over here on our shutter on November the 11th, apparently. November the 11th, hey. Mm. Oh no! That says here, as a shutter exclusive, the platform will be the only subscription service that will carry the film in the US and Canada. So it won't be on our shutter; it'll probably be VOD. But hey ho, anyway. But that that should be good. So. It's, um, yeah, that's good. From the executive producers of 47 Metres Down. Disappointing. So that, that could be a shout. But yeah, I think that's all the news we got, haven't we? 
Unless you've got anything else you want to talk about? Nah, Shudder's got a range of stuff coming out with, called Behind the Monsters, which is pretty interesting. And they got a few um, in November, which they're adding to their to their list, which is coming to the UK, um, in, including uh, Candyman, which is was out yesterday, I believe. Um, and then they got Chucky coming out on the 10th, Freddy on the 17th, and Jason on the 24th. Could be a quite interesting little uh, look into those characters. Mm. Shudder, Shudder adding a few little buttes on there, but again, not seeing much behind the old movies. Although Prisoners of the Ghostland comes out on Shudder on the 19th of this month. I do want to see that. There's a movie, and there's a reason to get on Shudder. It's for that fucking movie. Come on. I mean, there's a lot of other good shit on there, but that would be absolutely genius. Yeah, so there we go. I think, without further ado, we will crack on with our main review. Let's do it. When you're alone and life is making you lonely, you can always go downtown. When you've got troubles, all the noise and the hurry seems to help, I know. Just listen to the music of the traffic in the city Linger on the sidewalks where the neon signs are pretty How can you lose? So we have been back to the cinema, enjoying our films on the big screen like everybody should. And with this one, we have been to see Last Night in Soho, Edgar Wright's new movie. It's an 18, which uh, I was pleasantly surprised at. So basically, it's an aspiring fashion designer is mysteriously able to enter the 1960s where she encounters a dazzling wannabe singer. But the glamour is not all it appears to be. The dreams of the past start to crack and splinter into something more mysterious and darker. You like that? I did. That's for you, mate, that was. So this is the new film from Edgar Wright. We've been waiting for this one because obviously it got delayed because of the old vid, COVID-19. But boy, what did you think about this one, mate? Wow. Star, it stars uh, wow. Thomasin uh, McKenzie 
as Eloise, Anna Taylor-Joy's Sandy. Get a few other British treats in there. Terence Stamps in there. And obviously the uh, late, great Diana Rigg um, in a last role. Um, It's sort of a movie that's a a ghost story at its heart with a mystery to be solved. And it's set obviously on two planes, the now present day and... The sixty, the stylish sixties. So it presents two different kind of dynamics to a, to the movie, um, and through the first, like say, forty five minutes, it's very cleverly done, I think, because maybe most of it is in the sixties, where the sort of real sort of cinematography, the brightness, and the real songs and character come from it. Um, it it's a, obviously follows, you know, Thompson McKenzie is our lead in this movie Eloise is who we're following in this in this she is she is propping up um as a as a as a really interesting lead and it follows her from like the sort of depths of Cornwall into the big smoke and London's made out to be you know this really big place and um you know, I suppose it would be if you come from a little town in Cornwall. Um, and <laughs> yeah, yeah, she, yeah, right. She's a fashion student and, you know, she's a bit, um, insular. She's got these, I guess we're saying powers or kind of gifts to kind of, I see the, you know, things that aren't there. Um, but yeah, in a really sort of issue in a mental health way or an actual way, that's a, an interesting, question that we could we could ask ourselves but you know it follows her um trying to cope with being a in being in the big city whilst also dealing with ghosts from someone else's past and they're sort of getting involved in that it's really sort of an interesting journey following her i i actually really really like this movie i i got on the journey i like the the lead um i think she's fantastic and Anna Taylor Joy absolutely smashes it. Um, she's joined by Matt Smith in the sixties. All the stuff shot in the sixties is stunning, up, stunning. And there's a real craft to it. Um, some of the stuff that was shot in the present day fell a bit flat. I mean, some of the characters and supporting the supporting crew, maybe the the Jonathan character, and also um, I I really every time she was on screen, I wanted to. Strangler, but maybe that's the point. Jocasta, Jocasta, yeah. oh Christ! Didn't need that character in there. Didn't need her spiteful little bitch and stuff like that. I don't know if I needed that sort of storyline. It made it too. I don't know, not real, but if that's the wrong word, it just it made it too small. I think. Where for me, but there we go. Um, I think the performances are what makes this movie. And the cinematography and the sort of real personal touch of what Edgar is trying to trying to do. He's not trying to make a big movie. He's trying to make a movie that he wants to see. That's why the way that I sort of saw it. Um, and I don't know. I think he does a pretty pretty decent job of it. What about you? Fucking hell, mate. Well, I ain't got much to say now, have I? <laughs> you just said it all. No, so I think he smashed out of the park with this one. Um, basically, he has gone to an era and capsulated it capsulated it in 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 this movie he's really obviously done so much research i think it, it came out of like 
he's quite obsessed about the 70s, I'm sorry, 60s, because he was born in the 70s, and he, obviously his parents had that influence over him. But I think he's, what he's done with this is it's almost like Tarantino with, um, with uh, what was the movie he just did with um, DiCaprio? I can't remember what it's Once called. Upon time in Once Upon a Time in, in Hollywood, yeah. Like, how he's, ca- like, captured that era. It's really clever, because it... Because it's it is London and it's huge, but what he's managed to do is take a part of London, which is Soho, and really, really run with the style and everything about that kind of area. I mean, we've been to Soho; we know what it's like. It's, it's different to when it was in the sixties, obviously. But what he's managed to do is really do all his research about everything. I mean, half the the older cast in this film are sixties and seventies actors and actresses from that time. Which was quite, which I thought was really clever of having like Terence Stamp in there and Diana Rigg, um, which was really really clever to just you know dot them in. But there's so many little things and just like Easter egg things and and kind of like just just wow, well, the soundtrack we didn't even touched on, which is absolutely amazing. I've already ordered it on vinyl because it's just like it's fucking immense. The soundtrack uh, must have cost them a, a fair packet just for that. Um, but yeah, I mean, as far as the story goes, I thought it was really, really clever. I mean, what did you think? So you touched on like possibly it being mental health, or do you think it is a like a proper ghost story? Yeah, I think she's got a gift. I don't think you know. I I think she could see what isn't there, mm. um, which was a nice touch from being just sort of playing around with her. Um, losing her mum, you know, which which is obviously a massive thing, massive trauma. But it did mention that her sort of her mum had a gift as well. Oh and yeah, because they touched it right on the start, didn't they? Yeah, they didn't really say that it was that it was like they didn't really label it, did they? Like you just, I suppose you just made the assumption that it was down to mental health. Yeah, but it, I I think she she had that gift, which is why when she came to a place of like deep horror and deep um it, it, she got sort of enveloped in that world yeah yeah and it really took her in and i, I and i loved it and i i really loved that first scene when she's pulled in and she's walking across the road That's and she's mad on it thunderball poster and there's little movie posters lovely doctor terror and, and the house of horrors or something like that poster which is great it was just beautiful, and those those shots, those following shots where it turns to Anna, and oh my god, she does a wonderful job of getting people's eyes on her. She is stunning. She is unique in her look, and I think that goes along with Tomsin as well. She's sort of they kind of played her down. She has got a unique look, but also she's kind of could you could see that she falls into the background, which is what they were kind of hinting at. But Anna Taylor Joy is just. Uh, you know, she she could. There's a there's a breakout. There's something. I mean, she did the obviously Queen's Gambit. She's got. I think she could do whatever she wants in the next couple of years. It'd be really interesting to see if she sticks in sticks she's to indie. Done fucking hell of a lot already, isn't she? Yeah, but she could. It's whether she sticks to indie and or moves into something different. It'd be really mm. interesting to see what what kind of projects that she takes up in the next couple of years. 
Um, and the same goes with Thompson. I think she's a real independent indie at the moment. Obviously, she was in Jojo Rabbit, which was quite quite big, but she's still sort of that child actor, a rising mm. star, if you like. It'd be quite interesting to see what she takes on. I don't know. I just I love all those. Let's, bits. What, talk like, to me about music because obviously you bought the vinyl. What, what, I haven't bought it. It's, it's coming out soon, but um, yeah, the music is like it's just every every hit from the sixty, isn't it? Sixties. It's just really clever. Just going back to that opening shot as well, which you were talking about, where where she goes over the road and all that stuff. The crazy thing is, I really liked was was uh, um, Eloise's kind of reflection in obviously the mirrors and stuff, but then you saw it. It's it's like it's really clever how they did the camera angles. It's like you just see her in a in a in a glass in this on the side or the glass of of a moving car or or it's just really really clever how they did the visuals on that. It's just freaky. It's really really clever. I just wanted to talk about that bit because there's a lot of it throughout the whole film. Well, there's the choreography as well, which I thought was important, like between her, Matt Smith, and um. Yeah, fuck! How the how did they shoot that dance? Yeah, yeah. It just must um, her match mission. Yeah, it was um, it was really well done. I mean, they must have shot that a cut, obviously in both ways, and then just yeah, cut it. edited it. It's like yeah. again, really edited, good. fucking superb. Yeah, I mean, what about what do you think about the the bits in normal London? I didn't like that as much. Yeah, do you know why? I just think maybe you're not supposed to. Maybe that is meant to make you feel about how shit people are nowadays, how everything is, you know, the friendships and the like the like the backstabbing and the and the horrible bullying and and I don't know if it, if it I'd like to know if it's meant to do that or because I agree with you some of the the acting was a bit annoying. Um, I can't remember what was the the guy that like the love interest for Eloise that uh, just, Jonathan his name was Jonathan right yeah I I recognised him from somewhere and I had to look him up and he was in Attack the Block so oh, okay. there's a bit of a connection there but I didn't I didn't think he was that I'd say he wasn't that great I don't want to be horrible but I just didn't think he was that great in the movie I didn't really feel enough from that character. And I don't know if that's on purpose because you, not to take you away from the, the the bigger picture. I don't know. Yeah, maybe that takes you away from mystery. Even though he's like there to sort of, he was there as a, a confidant or trying yeah. to be. He there, it wasn't. It wasn't enough. He was almost like a weird little stalker, I suppose. But yeah, to an yeah. extent. Yeah, to an extent. Yeah. But he just wasn't. They didn't give give him enough to mm. make him. To make him, to make me want to see him on screen, really, um, which is why I felt that she carried it all the way. Um, but maybe there wasn't as much like horror. I don't know if the anxiety was there as much. The horror definitely came like later on. To start with, it was very much a thriller to kind of at the start mm. and, a, and a sort of murder mystery, and you were definitely encapsulated by what was going on in the 60s and, and seeing all the, the turn of um, Sandy. You know, yeah, and maybe we're probably going to go into some spoilers now, so just in case. I think we already have, haven't we? <laughs> I don't know. I don't think we've, we've actually revealed any big spot plot, uh, plot spoils really yet. 
because um, there are a few kind of twists and turns in this movie, which was really, really cool. It made me look at London differently. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've never been... I wouldn't say that it made me scared of, like, London. You know, and there's, there's always this thing, it's London's really big. But I don't know, it made me kind of go, was London... It made question why this... What, it was too, Maybe it was too in London, because obviously it was not to do American wealth in London, all that sort of stuff. And But I'm just like, I don't know, because it was, like, set in, like, Soho and set in, like, a, a, a big touristy area or a big part of London... Mm. I'd say uh, like back in the 60s that was probably the nightlife of the area wasn't it but I think the problem with Soho is that it changed it it kind of got into this dark seedy underworld kind of feel to it and I think that's again another thing that it captured really well it wasn't all about glitz and kind of singing and great times and dancing and music it was also there was some fucking dodgy shit going on do you know what I mean yeah like the gangsters, think... all the gangsters went drinking there and all that sort of stuff and yeah there's some there's probably some horrible shit that went down in those days yeah true it was just kind of weird looking at that, at that from that perspective and obviously sandy's it felt maybe very very american i suppose in that in that respect i don't know very new york i don't know but it just it was like that's not my london sort of thing <laughs> <laughs> well you didn't I... see enough of big ben uh, i don't know but like, how's uh... the parliament <laughs> But it was just like when it got to the underbelly and, you know, the when, you know, she got she went from her dream, which she sung at one stage, she sung this stunning number, which you've heard on the trailer downtown, which Anna Taylor Joy actually sang. And that was stunning. And then you think, oh, yeah, she can sing. They could easily put her in a performance. And they mentioned Scylla Black and Scylla Black's the one that's sort of performing in the in the clubs. And it's and it's like, oh, you could see her there. And then, no. And Eloise's disappointment at seeing her, I think, you know, as a little that puppet on a string was quite fucking crazy, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Thing. And it's like she's just like oh, a dolly, and then she's being passed around from pillar to post now, and she, you know, further and further down. And you get to see Sandy's. The main thing is to looking at Sandy's um, descent into the underbelly and also how she herself got out for, got out of it. Mm. And this is where the twist is, I suppose. This is big spoilers, I suppose. You know, it's like, is Sandy the one that's murdered or is she doing the murdering? Where are all these ghosts come, where are all these ghosts coming from? The CGI ghosts. What do you think of the CGI ghosts? Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? It was like, it was interesting because they don't they, they don't really have a face, do they? Because you see the characters uh, kind of um, doing the the abusing or whatever they were paying for sex or whatever they were doing. You you see their faces kind of at the start, but then as they as they change into ghosts, their faces are all distorted and a bit weird. Um, yeah, a little bit too much CGI for me. Maybe a little tad too much. Um, but you know the the scenes were good they were interesting um there's a lot of them there's a lot there was quite a lot of ghost encounters by the end of it where the point where the point to the point they were turning up in the daytime literally in the in the street um but yeah interesting interesting take on it yeah and i like the i like that she definitely looked haunted for it and stuff like that and i like the journey that's taken that she's sort of little miss marple and she had this little 
weird squeaky voice I'm so quiet <laughs> what's going on and she was you know blaming somebody that was part of the past and was but he he wasn't who we thought he was wasn't he no no well, Jack Matt Smith yeah, no, yeah, who we thought was still alive, but it wasn't. It was the copper. Yeah. Um, what's his name? We had a really weird. What, did, what was his name? I can't remember his name because he's only quoted as silver-haired gentleman. Because obviously they don't want to leave. They don't want to do any spoilers online. That's pretty good. Yeah, maybe we should leave that one. Yeah. Um, leave that one for the cutting room floor, I think. Um, but it's um, it's a really there's definitely like a little American wealth in London moment with a taxi and somebody hitting a taxi. That was um, quite gruesome, wasn't it? It was quite gory, that. Which was, uh, which was quite uh, interesting. Did did you catch a couple of cameos, though? Oh, Ooh, no. go on. So did you see who who was working in the uh, coat booth in the in the club? No. It was uh, the, the Weasley brothers from uh, Harry Potter. Well, both of them. Yeah, I don't know if it's both of them, or maybe at one point it was one of them, and at another point it was the other one. That's fucking nuts. That's I missed that. I yeah, missed yeah, I, I noticed that. It was crazy. I, I was like, I swear I know that. That's, that's the fucking Weasley Brothers from Harry Potter. I know the barmaid in um, the Toucan bar was, uh, go on, go on, go on. You want any tea? <laughs> from Father Ted. I can't remember her name, but yeah. the actress, but she was, yeah, she was pretty good in it. That was cool. Yeah, yeah. There's loads, and, and I didn't, like, I, I was obviously doing some digging into it, but there's loads of Bond references as well, because obviously there's a, the poster for Bond, the drink she asked for was a Vespa, Diana Riggs in a Bond movie. You know, it's it's crazy. So so many Bond things in there. It's really fucking weird. The only thing was, is it wasn't, like, say Baby Driver and stuff was like a pure heist driving movie. Car movie, yeah, car chase, my car. And again, movie. that's full of the, the the soundtrack is that movie, and again, very much so in this one. Um, I don't know, it wasn't a straight horror for me, which is fine. Um, yeah, I don't mind that. It definitely had a an edgy drama feel to it as well, and it wasn't as big as I thought. It felt a lot more personal, personal mm. than um, than a big. And uh, the marketing's incredible. The posters are incredible, and all the all that around it, but it definitely felt more personal than sort of a big sort of Hollywood number. Yeah, there's there's definite nods to kind of like Dario Geno stuff in there as well, big time. Yeah. Like some of the kind of scenes and the the eyes shots and stuff like that. And and yeah, and it's just like there's so many other kind of that I've seen. I'm like, I know that's from another movie. Which is, you know, paying homage and taking, you know, that's what every director does. And, you know, it, but it's it definitely nods to other kind of like thrillers and 60s movies and, and stuff in there. It's definite. I'd love to read some more about, I'd love to hear some kind of spoiler stuff on it. Yeah. I've heard some, some comparisons to like Don't Look Now and stuff like that. Yeah, but... I've heard that. I've seen that. Yeah. Um, Giallo, G- is it Gilo? Giallo, yeah. Yeah, that whole movement. But again, I don't know if I'd go that far because it's maybe if it's a homage, it's definitely not as perverse as, as, as that sort of market. There's definitely no. like, again, a nod to, but not a straight up. It's, it's a unique, um, a unique to Edgar, which I think is quite fair. 
Yeah, considering he like come up with the idea himself as well, wrote it and directed it, and I think there's a co-writer as well that that worked on it with him as well. Fucking stunning, like to just come out and pull out pull that out the bag. And I don't I don't know how well it's done at the box office, but I haven't looked up to be honest, uh, not yet. But I could I tell you what, I could see this being on the West End like a proper stage show. Easy. Isn't it? it? It would be so good on a stage with all those music numbers and uh, the way it's shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking the literally, I, I am very surprised. Uh, I think if this was closer to kind of awards seasons, I think they would definitely be getting some some kind of sim- cinematography nods or, or yeah, it might get a or, nod, but I don't think or, it'll get, I don't know if they get a, lot, a look in. Over June, that's the thing. <laughs> yeah, maybe, yeah, but then, but then, like clothes as well, like the, um, you know, the the the, the design, costume, design. costume yeah. design, and set design and stuff like that. I reckon it will definitely win or be nominated. That's for sure. It might 100%. still do. Some early stuff always does. But yeah, I think he's done a really, really good job. I think, and it's really good. You know what's really good is to see a, a movie that is set so close to home as well, like yeah. proper. Kind of London's down the road from us, you know, an hour away. It's just like we we spent a lot of time in that kind of area together, and we and stuff like that. And it's just it's nice to see a movie from him come out as well. It's been too long. Um, and personally, I think he smashed it out of the park. I really, really enjoyed this movie. Really, really enjoyed it. And yeah, this, this is what cinema's about, isn't it? Going to see visual treats like that. It's like 100%. we've been treated to two really big visual treats in the last couple of weeks. And hopefully another one on Friday. Eternals. Alright, cool. I enjoyed that. Right. How would you, how would this fare in your rating? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I really, really like it. I think upon another watch, it'd probably get higher, but I, I enjoyed it so much. I think I'd be happy to give it an eight, eight breaths out of ten. But I think it'd be a nine, possibly on a rewatch. I'm with you at the moment. At the moment, it sits on a, a very good eight. Yeah, yeah. But fucking go and watch this movie. Cause give it some love. Give give it give it a good British director some love. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It was a good time. I had a really good time watching it. Defo. Right then, that is uh, last night in Soho. Eight, uh, draw one last breath. Eight out of ten. On to next episode's main review. We don't know. We must. <laughs> I don't know, we might have to go back and review Army of the Dead or something, I don't know. Um, <laughs> we'll, no. see, we'll see what's coming out in the next couple of weeks. There'll be something, don't you worry. Uh, something. We shall see. If anyone's got any suggestions, let us know. And uh, we can dig out and review. But for now, we will just move on to our Something to Scream About. What do you want from me? Why don't you run from me? What are you wondering? What do you know? Why aren't you scared of me? Why do you care for me? When we all fall asleep, where do we go? So obviously, we didn't have a lot of ideas for something to scream about, but I pulled one out of the bag. So I think, in honour of Edgar Wright, and obviously we just done Last Night in Soho, and obviously he did Shaun of the Dead, which is one of the best comedy horrors of all time, because we're going to veto that one. We're going to talk about comedy yes. horror. 
Right, well, hang on. You never said we were vetoing anything. Oh, that, wow. That's a bunch of bullshit. I've just come up with that because I don't think we should be allowed because we know we're both going to say Shaun of Dead is our number one comedy horror. Correct? Am I correct? Well, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so I rest my case. I just, I just thought we'd both have it. <laughs> and that'd be done. All right, let's not be you. Let's talk about it. So we're going to chat about comedy horror. So what are your, some of your favourite comedy, ho- comedy horrors? Uh, about what, covering the whole genre. What are, we doing, what are we doing in the shadows? We'd have to be up there. Oh, it's a good one, that. I forgot about that. I ain't got it on my list, but that, that would be up there. Mockumentary, Absolute Tree, Taika Wahiti at his best, being New Zealand vampires. <laughs> Fucking genius. I loved it. Werewolves, not swearwolves. <laughs> yeah, there's so know. many one-liners from that movie. It's great. Fucking great. And it's turned into a great like TV series as well, which has oh. three seasons, which Matt still needs to watch. I know, yep, I know. <laughs> um, One Cut of the Dead. Got it down on my list, mate. What a movie. What a fucking treat. And fully available to watch, so no excuses out there, people. Yeah, it's just insane. an absolute treat. On the can't talk about it. You go yeah. and listen to one of our reviews if you want. Watch it, <laughs> so. Do I um, Hot Fuzz. <laughs> oh, God. That's not horror. It's a cult. It's like Wicker Man. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, is it though? Yeah, definitely. Um, Army of Darkness. Evil Dead 2. Evil Dead 3. Well, no, I'm talking about Army of Darkness. Oh, well, Evil Dead 2. Yeah, come on. Yeah, yeah. You're forgetting some classics here, mate. I thought you'd be reading off like Beetlejuice, Gremlins, Critters. All comedy horrors, mate. Classics. Yeah. Black Sheep, Zombievers. Nah, not so much. But we're forgetting some uh, homegrown Book of Monsters. How how much did we enjoy that? Oh, God, that was fucking great. That was I cool. really, really love that one. Um, yeah. What else you got? I got a one that we watched together a while back called Deathgasm, which was fucking brilliant. <laughs> Undead, do you, mem- do you remember that one? Yeah. Australian, Australian zombie movie. Tucker and Dave versus Evil, that was fucking brilliant. That was fucking genius. They really, should have really made another one by now. Was it um, 1001 Maniacs? That's, that's, good. that's a good shout. I like that one. No, uh, what's his name? Um, Robert England, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And then we've got some new ones as well that we've watched together. Ready or not? Happy, yeah, Death, so... Happy Death Day? Babysitter? Satanic Panic? Oh, yeah, I love that movie. That was good. That's on um, Amazon Prime, by the way, now. As for, so you can watch that. I'm going to fucking... I'll tell you, my brain is going, but I need you to, to, to be my brain for a minute. What was the movie we watched at Fright Fest that had the guy from um, Skins in it? And it's fucking amazing. How, how, how have I forgotten? Double Date. Double Date. Oh, my God, I love that movie. <laughs> I got it on Blu-ray and everything, and I That's got the fucking soundtrack. I can't remember the name. Oh, Double Date. If you ever get a chance to watch Double Date, go and watch it, man. It's fucking brilliant. Scare Me. Um, and Scare Me was brilliant. We've done that, we- yeah. Werewolves Within, which is a uh, fucking awesome Just it. watched. It's a fucking treat, mate. Right, I'd be willing to do that for a watch. Hmm. Mm, I can't find anything else. And obviously, 
with the Sean and Deb, which is which is probably would have been if we had, if we did a top five, it probably would have been number one, wouldn't it? Right? Let's be honest. Number one in every fucking thing, yeah. <laughs> every list. Every list. Uh, you got red on you. Oh yeah. Mm. Do it on the night. <laughs> Cornetto. Yeah, fucking classic. Absolute genius. I love a good comedy horror. Yeah, there's so many we could talk about. Well, next, look, we 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 are going to bring you some more something to scream about. Me and Paul are going to get, we're going to have a draw one last breath board meeting, and we've got some treats coming up for you. Obviously, we've got things coming up on the in the pipeline, um, so we'll have some treats for you soon. Uh, but like, if you have got any ideas of what you want us to talk about, for something to scream about please drop us an email or uh, just get us on the social medias. We're all across it. Give us a shout if there's anything, whether it's just the craziest, wackiest question ever, we don't care. It'll be a laugh. Yeah, um, who knows? Right, might even have you, even, might even have you on it. Yeah, you never know. Depends anyway, that's depends enough good, comedy. Depends how good your question is. <laughs> yep, that's enough comedy horror for now. Let's move on to our movie from the vault. On a stormy Halloween night, four young people set out across the back roads of America. What's that? It's a hitchhiker. What, should we stop? We can't leave right here in the rain. In search of a mysterious figure known only as Dr. Satan. You know anything about the legend of Dr. Satan? Yeah, I can show you. What they uncovered is the most horrifying and shocking tale of carnage ever seen. Well, I bet you'd stick your head in the fire if I told you you could see hell. You seen this girl? Yeah, they want to play Nancy Drew with this local legend that people call Dr. Satan. Stupid kids probably got themselves lost. Let's get out of this nut house. The boogeyman is real. From director Rob Zombie <laughs> comes a journey into hell. This can't be real, this can't be real, this can't be real. <laughs> House of a Thousand Corpses. Hope you like what you see! This episode's Move from the Vault, House of a Thousand Corpses. Woohoo! Two young couples traveling across the backwards of Texas, Texas, searching for urban legends um, of murder, end up as prisoners of the bizarre and sadistic backwater family of serial killers. We welcome, for the first time, the Fireflies. Matt, tell me. 2003, where were you? Probably wearing some road jeans with a wallet chain hanging from me, listening to some crap metal, new metal. Probably something like, you know, Limpy Biscuit. 2003? Don't know. Maybe some uh, crazy town. I don't know. Yeah. No. Do you you remember going to cinema to watch this? Yes, I do. Yes. And I thought, I thought to myself, 
who is this crazy ass dude that's made this fucked up movie that I fucking love. How did we even... I don't even remember how we heard about this movie. I don't know. I think I probably would have seen it. I don't know. I would have seen it on a a trailer on something or read it in a magazine for sure. I would have definitely read it in a magazine or something. Oh, Rob Zombie's making a fucking horror movie. Oh, wow. I love, I love fucking Rob Zombie's music. I love, I love White Zombie. Fucking, I'll, I'll watch some of that. Yeah. I mean, he is a horror, obviously he's a massive horror fan. And he's going to do a good job, hopefully. Well, he's obviously watched the Loves the Seventies, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and The Hills of Eyes. Have um, he's literally being paying paying homage to that sort of genre of horror, um, as well as being as well as creating his own brand of horror at the same time, and um, a character that will live on forever. Not only her character, characters. Well, characters, but... They are brilliant. Sid Haig's Captain Spaulding is probably one of the most unique things from the franchise. And, yeah, we get Otis, um, played by Bill Mosley. Uh, Baby, played Who's by... Yeah, uh, Baby, played by Sherry Moon. Rob Zombie's wife, who stars in everything that Rob Zombie does. Um, are we, there's a other... Characters in here that are great. Walter Goggins, Walton Goggins is in this movie. Yeah, I know. Yeah, he's a cop. Um, Chris Hardwick is one of the the the, the travellers, along correct. with Rain, along with Rain Wilson from yeah. The Office. <laughs> Plethora of people that have gone on to do big things. Yeah, this is a fucking great movie. Two thousand three, and I've watched I've watched this you know a lot a lot. Mm. This is not a movie that is like in in my DVD collection for for long. It, it comes off the shelf quite a lot to watch. Definitely, mate. There's some fucking great lines. Um, that first introduction to Captain Spaulding at the beginning. <laughs> I mean, well, this is this is the thing about about Rob Zombie. It's just like his fucking writing and his dialogue is fucking amazing, and he, he just writes really good characters. Although. You know, Sid Hayes just smashed out of the park. That's obvious. But yeah, when you're introduced to this guy who's, you know, a fucking dirty ass sweaty clown, <laughs> that the, it just like that's the one of the most interesting looking dudes with the best vocabulary you've ever heard and the best like little cackle. <laughs> yeah, fuck your mama, <laughs> Bree. Fuck your sister. <laughs> Fuck your grandma. <laughs> <laughs> These wild little lines. There's like two people come in to rob his fucking like shitty ass place and he's just like, I'm going to fucking give you shit, boys. <laughs> and his little mate, little dickwick, plays with his prick. <laughs> it's just like some fucking great little thing going on. <laughs> That's and, thing. You just don't know what's going on, do you? Because it just introduced you to this character and you're like, what is going on here? And it just it doesn't really make sense, but it don't matter because it's fucking great watch to watch them just fucking say some crazy ass shit. Yeah. And the best place to have this movie, the busyness of that shop and there's so many unique things so like the props and the, the sets are oh, what that, make yeah. this movie is fucking hell. It's huge. Isn't it? it's huge. I mean, if you could just own one thing from that movie, mate. 
what what that's a good question actually mm. Matt, let's ask you now if you could own one thing from that movie what would you own all day the baby in the jar the <laughs> <laughs> baby in the jar no or that that creepy animatronic clown outside fucking spaldings no you said baby in a jar Peter's in a jar you're going for Peter's in a jar I can't remember its name now I didn't write it down in my notes because it's actually got a name I'm going for that fucking crap chicken (laughs) I want some fried chicken (laughs) chicken fucking shit chicken oh it's brilliant yeah there's some fucking great like poster imagery behind like everywhere you look and there's just like horror posters and art and just popping out every left, right, and centre. It's like, yeah, sets are fucking amazing. I might own Goobers. <laughs> Goober. Goober! Is G-Ober. <laughs> He's the fucking most southern dude in it. Little fucking asshole. <laughs> you come back to Pussy Lickers all anytime you want. <laughs> That's what I love about this film as well, is that it seems like Rob Zombie just doesn't give a fuck when he was making this movie. Um, it's just, it's got that comedy edge, right? And clever writing. But then there's some really fucking, like, gruesome shit in the in the movie that gets, it's quite violent in places, isn't it? Let's be honest. Oh, yeah, mate. It's, I mean, it's, it feels like a hot mess at times, but, like, yes. there's some... I mean, even Rob Zombie said that himself. It's it's <laughs> it's like, I'll do what the fuck, I'm just going to do this thing, I'm going to chuck some... Let's just chuck some uh, weird... Uh, uh, montage you know, scenes. Montage scenes where I'm going to get my wife to be naked, uh, I'm going to get Otis to do some chopping up some people's faces off and where people's faces i mean oh my god that who's your daddy scene is just ridiculous who's your daddy who's your daddy it's <laughs> that shit oh <laughs> but that's like... what we love about it though isn't it come on let's be honest because it's not every day you see movies like this come out you know that that really push the boundaries and and really really kind of like you know you'd obviously shot so much shit that couldn't go in this movie that it deserves like a proper director's cut, I reckon, that you probably would never do. But there's, there's, you know, it's just fucking, it's just fucked up. The character's just all fucked up. <laughs> and it, and like, you know, Hills of Eyes and uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, he fucking says, I'm not going to let any cunt escape. There's no escape. From this, exactly. This but what's different with this is that all those movies you just mentioned, you don't, this this is shot from again from the the the, the sick people's point of view. This is from their point of view. So this this film is pretty pretty much about them. It's about the fireflies, isn't it? Really, it's about how messed up yeah. they are. Their 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 character building, where you don't get as much character building in those classics. This one really delves into each character and what the fuck they're about and what they even though you don't even know what it's about it's just it's just really clever yeah to a degree i mean it's the 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 travelers are kind of there are they're propping it up they're the you know they're the yeah but are they any good that's the problem their characters their characters 
and are good, but they're just not out. The the the, the fireflies just outshine them ten to they're not. Disposable. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, they are completely disposable, yeah. and you get that feel. You don't really, even though they're there, you're like, okay, this is they are cannon fodder as far as you're mm-hmm. fucking concerned. Mm-hmm. You can see uh, them. <laughs> you can see them fucking get killed. I mean, but the 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 cops and stuff. Some of the shots. There's some really unique shots in this, clever, clever camera work in this and direction, mm. especially with Walter Goggins um, as the cop, like getting down on his knees and that long, unnecessary, drawn out <laughs> like shot. Tw- it's only like, I think it's only like 22 seconds, but it seems like <laughs> so fucking long, doesn't it? <laughs> I was like, I thought my, my fucking blue red stuck or something. I was like, is it fuck- I swear he shoots him. <laughs> It took fucking ages, didn't it? <laughs> like, oh, with it, what's it doing? Talking to him? Uh, it was fucking oh, ages. And it, the, oh, being, you know, when they cut the sound and it's just the... Oh, yeah. The, <laughs> that whole fucking song is, like, playing in the background. It's like, it's all in slow motion, isn't it? It's like, fucking, like, they're all getting shot and shit. And that guy gets shot. The dad gets shot and he just face down in a puddle, a muddy puddle. Poor bastard. <laughs> Yeah, that yeah. When they open that fucking like that shed, and basically all the wimp, all the cheerleaders are just all cut up and fucking strung up and shit, and so like, fucking depraved shit going on there, man. Some some fucking crazy shit. It is. It is like they are got some weird depraved shit, and there's some dark moments in that movie. Obviously, when he opens up the thing and when he scalps poor Jerry and he turns Rain Wilson boy. Fish boy, fish boy, skins her dad, you know, and, and kisses her that, in the skin. That's just a oh. massive nod to Texas Chainsaw yeah. Massacre. And it, like, but, it, but that's not the darkest bit. That's sort of like almost they've almost make you feel that that's tomfoolery. Mm. The the real dark shit is Doctor Satan, even though he's not in it for long. Not, the, we ain't even we ain't even like crossed about tiny. We'll talk about Tiny. <laughs> what did you think first time you saw Tiny? What the fuck? I mean, he's in Big, he's in Big Fish, the actor, isn't he? Yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. He's been in a few things. Fortunately, he's died now. He's dead now, fortunately. He's unique looking. Um, but yeah, he is perfect in the weird role. You just like don't know which... You don't know what's really wrong with him. He's wearing a big fucking jumper. And he's stuck, like a mask. And it's like, what the fuck? And all of them looking at him going, what the fuck? So you've hit the nail on the head, mate. It's unique, isn't it? The way he walks and the way he just... It's just like, it's supposed to make you feel creeped out. Yeah, they've done a really good job. And when he's eating... <laughs> oh, when he's eating that cereal, man. Fuck, I forgot about that. <laughs> and he, so lets, and he lets her out. He lets her oh. out. And he's just like... And then <laughs> just shrugs. The one bit I didn't understand is like... I, that's just a bit weird. You know, when, as he lets her leave, Otis catches her and throws her in that cage, and then all these people jump out on her. I was going to say that to you. I don't know. <laughs> they? I don't know. It's like some random people jump out. I thought it was like the cheerleaders or something, and then it, but I don't know who it is. Oh, mate, that's that's. I thought you'd have a Mac fact for me on that bit because that was. Nope. Fuck, I still don't know what the fuck went Unless on with it, that. Like bit. a cut scene or something, probably. Oh god, I can't even imagine what happened next. But yeah. yeah. Fuckness. But you get yeah. that. You get the thing is, it is it's all it's all tomfoolery. Mm. And then when they get and dress them up as rabbits, 
mm. and they go out to the fucking uh, well or wherever it is, and it's mm-hmm. like doom, 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 doom. Oh my god, that music is insane! <laughs> it's so, it's like it really gets you. It's yeah. so clever. It's so clever. Really makes you the whole thing just step up and you're like, what, we, what we just watched was fucked up. What's happening now? Yeah, and they're playing that backwards, that backwards kind of weird fucking Satan shit. Yeah, the radio and stuff. It's just like, what is going on? And ba- when and when baby stabs the girl that gets that tries to get away. Oh yeah, ju- yeah. that jump that jumped up notch because oh my god, she's like, wow. And then she licks, and she starts saying all that weird fucking shit. One 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 says it's so that weird. That is like it, that's batshit. But the, I mean, we haven't even talked about baby, have we? Like how, like. Sherry Moon is is that character in it. It's just like Baby is just a massive character again. It's just like she's totally like gone to town on her, and it's just she is. She's just a, 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 she could have her own movie. It's just like that. She's that crazy. Do you know what I mean? It's just like oh, yeah. such a good character, such good writing again. It's clever. But it's sort of like a direct parallel to what the the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, like picking up the the uh, that hitchhiker. And yeah. how weird he is with the knife. It's that sort of, it's that parallel. But she's more batshit than that one. Mm. I mean, she's trying to come on to him, but it's not working. She just gets frustrated. She sings that, boo, 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 and and then she and then right at the end, she stabs the fuck out of that that girl. Probably the most one of the most darkest scenes. Well, don't of the whole don't thing. piss baby off, mate, because huh? she she said she's gonna fucking get her. <laughs> she did. Yeah, what did she say? She's like, I can't remember because she she called her a skank or something, didn't she? she it off, get off my get off my boyfriend or something, skank, and pushes her. What's that? And then she goes, "I'm going to cut your cut your tits off, ram them down your throat." <laughs> it's fucking. Is there a voice in it? Is there a voice? I'm going to cut your tits off and shove them down your throat. I just think she's brilliant. She's absolutely brilliant. She's but the whole. Doctor Satan stuff, like underneath the the caverns and and all that sort of stuff, like thinking she, just she is. turns into some fucking crazy ass steampunk kind of fucking yeah crazy fucking you know what that that's where it really turns into like a fucking music video, <laughs> dry ice all over the place, weird red lights and shit going on with like a wet it looks like a fucking waiting room out of Beetlejuice or something <laughs> where all those guys are just all fucked up like. Wow, weird. Yeah, that dude is like that. Dude's all fucking like, like got shit tied to him, and he's drilling into fucking like Chris Hardwick's head and shit. <laughs> it's just fucked up. It's so gory and so, so weird, and just like so. It's like it's extreme. It's then it's just like pure extreme. I don't. When I first watched it, I don't, I don't think I really understood. Obviously, I don't know if you're supposed to, but I didn't. Because it was so different to a lot of stuff that I'd seen. Do you know what I mean? And it just had a weird, it had a weird edge where it went from being this kind of like this crazy sick family, then to this kind of really dark, kind of almost satanic, kind of underworld thing. I didn't really understand it. it took me, I think it took me a couple of watches to to kind of get it. Do you know what I mean? Is Doctor Satan their dad? Is that what we're saying? Is that their dad? Uh, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Oh, I don't know, man. 
Because, yeah, it's just crazy. Because I think Dr. Satan was supposed to be in in the next movie. That's I wild. think they even, they even shot a scene where he's in a hospital and they they have him in hospital and he wakes up and then he rips Rosaria Dawson's, like, fucking neck out. Yeah? And they cut the scene. They cut it and they cut him all out and they didn't bother having it in the end. It's just crazy. That's why I thought he was going to come back in... Um, uh, free from hell. I thought they yeah. possibly might bring it back, and they didn't. Like it's really crazy. But yeah, what a fucking crazy movie! What a fucking batshit movie. Beautifully, beautifully shot, clever dialogue, absolute, even unique. Even though it's paying homage to some fucking greats, yeah, it's yeah. so unique, and. It's it's gonna be remembered for like a long time as like this really fucking crazy extreme horror. And you've got to remember as well, it's his first movie, wasn't it? So, you know, written, directed, first movie, cost fucking I think it's seven million to make. So it's quite a lot of money. Um, it did sixteen million worldwide. You know, and it was always meant to be a trilogy, and he made it. So it did. It did well done, mate. Well done, Rob Zombie. And now he's making the monsters. Yep. It's all yeah. true. The bogeyman is real. And you found him. <laughs> that, even that end scene is like yeah. Texas Chainsaw Mask all over, isn't it? Big time. I, I don't give a fuck. I don't care. It's cool. It. Crazy right. Give us some Matt's facts, man. I want loads. I want them all over my neck, head and chest. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I've got I've got a few. I, I just picked my the the kind of most interesting ones. Okay, so I'm going to read this. Okay, you ready? Rob Zombie said how amongst the footage that was in his infamous lost rough cut of the film, and which had to cut it had to cut for an R rating, there was a lot more violent and disturbing scenes with Baby Firefly, like ones which showed more of necrophilia tendencies. The scene. In the film where she is kissing the skeleton and touching her breasts with a hand was one such scene and was much more graphic and longer, even ending with her climaxing. <laughs> but since the MPP, sorry, the MPAA had issues with moments like this, it was cut. So, you know, there's, there's a lot more kind of stuff in there, which is pretty crazy. You don't reckon there's going to be a director's cut one day? Maybe. Well, I doubt it, but it'd be nice to see. Maybe not. Um, the the house, the Firefly's house is pretty crazy. It's the same house that's in the film The Best Little Whore House in Texas. <laughs> Done completely on purpose. I love that. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, there's a, obviously, you know, we talked about, you know, Texas Chainsaw, and there is a Toby Hooper connection. So uh, Toby Hooper was a fan of this film upon its release, as a result, he offered Cherry Moon Zombie a supporting role in the upcoming film Toolbox Murders in 2004. Having loved her character, she initially turned down the role as she did not have the desire to be a full-time actress and only appeared in the film because of director Z- Rob Zombie was her boyfriend. She eventually relented as a personal favour because Hooper and Zombie were friends. She has not appeared in a film not directed by her husband since she only had a very short role appearance in the series Californication. So she's in the Toolbox Murders. Yeah. Not. I don't. I think wasn't. Wasn't it? Uh, you got that one. <laughs> there you go. He's got it. 
Show me a picture of it yeah, right now. Yeah, she's on the back. There, there she is. Go. That's got an interesting cast. Juliet Landu's in that. But yeah, Sherry Moon. Nice. Have to come around and we'll watch that together. I don't remember. I don't remember what the fuck this is. But it's a film by Toby Hooper, director. So who knows? It's a remake, wasn't it? There's another tall box one. I'm sure it's a remake. But anyway, do you want to hear another Max mate? Oh yes, please. At around 53 minutes in, you can see the Monsters from 1964 is playing on the television. Specifically, the episode Hot Rod Herman from 1965, where Grandpa Munster builds a drag racer called Dragula. Obviously, the Rob Zombie released the track of the same name in 1998. And obviously now, he's going to be making the film of it. Good fact. Which is going to be good. And my last couple of bits. One thing is, obviously, the film was dumped by Universal in 2003. And the funny thing is, in 2019, Universal made the horror maze around the House of Thousand Corpses. So Rob Zombie and Sherry Moon went back and went around the scare maze and it was crazy. You can see videos on YouTube of it. It's fucking mental. But it's so funny how Universal dumped them. And then like, all that time later, they're like, oh, we're going to make a horror, horror Universal maze out of your movie. <laughs> um, the kill count is 14. Not bad, not bad. Seven guys and seven girls. We like a uh, diverse horror movie, don't we, mate? That's, it's a sequel, even though there's probably some depraved shit in here that probably <laughs> shouldn't be done. Um, a lot of sexual violence, but sex and violence. 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 Sex On that note. That's the end of that's facts. Should we uh, rent, uh, rate this bad boy? Ten. Ten? You're going for ten? Ten. Ten. It's a ten movie for me. I've watched this way too many times for it not to be a ten, it, to fall into my ten category. I, I don't know, man, because I, I think I'll, I'm a nine on this, and then the follow-up's a ten. I don't right. know. But then I, I rewatch I'll go for the whole... I had a, I had a really good time watching it again because it, it made me think, oh yeah, I fucking really want to watch the next movie again straight away. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but yeah, I I mean I I'd probably go a nine. I'm happy for a nine. I'm happy for a nine. Ten's, you know, it's a nine ten. Whatever, it's a fucking great movie. Yeah, it is. It is a fantastic movie. You know, pulled out of the bag. You know, it's it's great. It's brilliant. And, oh, I believe it's my pick next. It is your pick, Matthew. What are you going to pick for us? Ooh, is it vampires? We got vampires? Well, I know you've not seen this. You sure? 100%. Okay. I was going to pick something, and right at the end I took a heel turn. <laughs> oh, no, this fits in perfectly. So, on the next episode, our moving from the vault will be... Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. <laughs> Fucking you are on the sequel train, and yes, <laughs> I am very excited. I've got, um, I've got to do it because I really want, I've wanted you to watch this movie for a long time. Okay. A long time. And I'm, I just very, I'm very excited. Bill, no, Bill Mosley. Okay, you, you're going to have to come around and watch that with me then at some point. Yeah, I'll do that. Yep, Bill Mosley, Dennis I Hopper. I don't own it. I do, so that's good. Excellent. I'm looking for a good pick, mate. You're you're really 
diving into these sequels, aren't you? <laughs> I know, I know. I'll have to bring it back on my next pick, but literally, I, I just really thought it would lead into this because let's have some more depravity. Um, is that a word? Deprav- de- depravity. Depravity. Yes. That's some more of it. And I think that this is the time we've got to do it. And you've got to watch it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, mate. It'll be interesting chat. Trust me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, mate. Well, that was great. Episode 90 done. Um, looking That's forward fun. to it. I had a lot of fun. Yeah. I like the House of House and Corpses. Um, looking forward to episode 91, where we'll be looking for our next movie to watch and uh, discussing our some to stream about. But Matt has pulled is move from the bolt, which is Texas Chainsaw 2. And there's no more, and there's nothing more to say. When there's no more room in hell, here's another podcast. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. You can follow us on Twitter at DrawOneLast, Instagram at DrawOneLastBreath, or pop us an email at DrawOneLastBreathPod at Hotmail.com. <laughs>